Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 260 of the Spoiler Alert podcast brought to you by MovieOutsiders.com. I'm Danny, and I'm here with Mike, and tonight we'll be discussing the new comedy, romantic, workplace, diversity, inclusion... (laughs) Now, that makes it sound terrible. No, no. Let's start over. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 260 of the Spoiler Alert podcast brought to you by MovieOutsiders.com. I'm Danny, and I'm here with Mike, and tonight we'll be discussing the new Mindy Kaling comedy, Late Night, also starring Emma Thompson and everybody's favorite... Mindy John Lithgow? You already said Mindy Kaling, didn't you say her? I know. I f***ed up the opening twice. I thought you were going for John Lithgow on that one. You want to try it a third time? All these are staying in. It's the only way we're going to have like a 20-minute episode because you have like three <laughs> yeah, minutes of content. This is going to be tight. So Yeah. All right. No, no. Those are dead. Those are, those can are we, being deleted. Can we do an okay. artisan dental thing real quick? No. no. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 260 of the Spoiler Alert podcast, brought to you by MovieOutsiders.com. I'm Danny, and I'm here with Mike, and tonight we're discussing the new Mindy Kaling comedy, Late Night, also starring Emma Thompson. Yeah. Mike, how are you doing tonight? <laughs> doing great. How are you? I'm doing excellent. Listeners, that was the third time getting through that opening. You're only going to hear the one, but just know that was painful they're, they're here in all three it was that a little was a rough a we're, painful, we're off yeah. to a stumble yeah we're stumbling not, out of the gate here not yeah. auspicious <laughs> um, speaking of not auspicious can we talk about this film's box office uh, sure is that I too have, soon no I, I know nothing about it is enlighten me tell me tell yeah. me what's going didn't on didn't do great not, not let's well. just say not great one of our listeners actually submitted a question about the the box office um prospects of this film and the rollout strategy so i'm kind of interested to get your take especially since you're normally not the one who thinks about or talks about the box office yeah right i'm not yeah. yes correct so yes, yes. this is sort of like these questions were designed for me to be in the hot seat i think but okay right. neither <laughs> but, but here it, nor but there it's me. All we'll right. enjoy right. your take it sounds good yeah right. uh, how's it doing on rotten tomatoes like what are the the critical certified fresh audience? oh okay all right yeah yeah this uh Pretty well reviewed. I mean, this is the most lame intro ever, but I would say that when I saw the preview for it, I thought that this movie looked hilarious and I laughed out loud. Did they include those moments in the movie? I'm not entirely certain, but uh, yeah. So I think I, you're, you're I was, giving us some insight. I was excited. Into how you I was feel excited about, about the movie when I when we picked it and I went to go see it. Yeah. Let's- <laughs> Why don't you give us a quick plot recap, and then we can get right into how you feel about this apparently horrible film. We're going to be quick. So the story centers on Catherine Newberry, uh, played by Emma Thompson, who is a late night talk show host, much like Johnny Carson, Seth Meyers, whomever. And she's the only woman who has really held this position in that industry for an extended period of time, which makes her significant um she's not a kind person all of her writers are male she's not nice to any of them and then she's going to get replaced because her ratings are not going well and that's you know the nature of the industry we've we've seen that with lots of male hosts as well and so her solution to this is to get a 
female writer on the staff who is Molly, played by Mindy Kaling, who is typically a really funny person. And uh, she introduces her to her staff. Uh, but yeah, she's uh, Catherine's going to get replaced, and uh, the the replacement is going to be kind of a young douchey guy with kind of an, an annoying comedic style. Kind of a Dane is, Cook. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and it doesn't doesn't quite fit a late night host kind of role. But she's depending on Molly and her otherwise male staff of writers to kind of make her relevant again, and 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 sort of needs that diversity on her staff. There's also an arc where we learn that she's had a fling with one of the male writers on her Mm -hmm. staff, uh, cheating on her ailing husband, who I think has Parkinson. And that's it. That's that's Late Night starring Emma Thompson and Mindy Kaling. What'd you think of the film, Mike? This was possibly the most bland movie I've seen in maybe a year. And I was so excited about it. I love Emma Thompson. I love Mindy Kaling. I love John Lithgow. Like, this should have been... This should have been a home run. And I was so disinterested the entire time. It was maybe one of the most disappointing movie experiences I've had in a long time. Wow. How about you? Wow. Um, Well, I thought the movie was fine. I I saw it with my wife. It was something light. Uh, We don't normally get to go out to movies, just the two of us. And she thought it was pretty good. And so I got, you know, I was like, eh, it was fine. I laughed once or twice. Um, I was disappointed. Like you, I was looking forward to it. It had uh, been sort of a splashy purchase at Sundance. Yeah. It was certified fresh, a lot of critical love. It does have a pretty impressive comedy cast, plus Emma Thompson, who I wouldn't normally include as an impressive comedian. And, yeah, I I had some challenges with it. To me, and, and just to get right into it, the biggest challenge for me in this movie, and I think we just talked about this on an episode a couple months, a couple weeks ago, this is another one of those movies where this is a story about comedians, and I didn't find any of them funny. Right, yeah. And, and, and Emma Thompson's character is a late-night host who has won dozens of Emmys and has been on TV for 26 years or something, and every scene we see her in, even when she's on her show it doesn't look funny or entertaining and she's an awful caustic person. So it's like, what, how did she stay on TV this long and how did she win all these awards and how is she considered a comedy giant when we get zero proof the entire movie that she's even funny. And so that's like, to me, like you can't start a movie with that as the premise and completely fail to make anyone laugh along the way. That's just a, there's a scene where Molly played by Mindy Kaling is watching like a, kind of archival 1990s stand-up bit that Catherine Newberry had performed. And I think you're supposed to get out of that scene that she was really funny. Like, she was kind of edgy and caustic. Yeah, and dark a little bit. Yeah. It was not It was not funny. Like, like no. she, she was not funny in that scene. And then there's a scene at the end where Catherine shows up at Molly's, like, fundraiser to spice it up a bit and the audience is super excited because here's a 
big celebrity showing up at this kind of small yeah. event. And she does a stand-up routine, which is, you know, for a late-night host, is not something they're really used to doing. Like, they do a monologue, right. but it's, you know, it's severely written and edited and, sure. and, and yep. whitewashed and, and whatever. So she's going to kind of let loose at this event. It was also not funny. Like, I, I just don't get, how did this woman get where she was in this industry? I, I, I don't get, I didn't buy her as a late-night host because I just didn't think she was funny at all. So I don't want to spoil the five questions segment, but a listener actually made uh, a similar, uh, I guess, an analogy or, or uh, comparison as my wife and I. My wife actually said that this movie felt very much like uh, The Devil Wears Prada, but set in a late night comedy world, right? You've oh, got okay. this sort of outsider, young, uh, really interested um, new employee coming in. She's working for a domineering, powerful, yet very cruel and cold boss who's sort of at the pinnacle and zenith of, of her career. Now, in, in here, it's it, the film gets a little muddled, right? Because Catherine Newbery is supposedly this comedy genius, but everyone thinks her show sucks. So I don't know how the show sucks if she's such a genius. Sure. But the ratings are bad, but she keeps winning all these Emmys. And she's beloved and she wins awards. And it, the movie kind of feels like – I feel like it wanted to have it both ways the whole time. And so I, I did really just struggle. It felt a little muddled. But there were a lot of things that I thought were really funny and really cute. And okay. little D- things like – Tell me some of those. Well, Mindy Kaling's character, she works at a chemical plant right. that that owns the network on which Emma Thompson's TV show is on. And that, to me, immediately made me think of the Shineheart wig company from 30 Rock that in many episodes they sort of a joke that the Shineheart wig company actually owns GE, which owns right. NBC Universal. And so, like, I was like, oh, my gosh, she works for Shineheart wig company, right? Like, she works for one of those subsidiaries. And that, now that's a 30 Rock gag hidden inside here. And so I was chuckling at that. Honestly, maybe a little more nostalgic for 30 Rock. And then you've got Amy Ryan um, in this film, who, who of course was in uh, The Office with Mindy Kaling. And there was somebody else from The Office who I'm not thinking of. So there were just these nods to, I guess, honestly, better shows and better movies. But they each made me chuckle and made me sort of nostalgic. And I didn't think the movie was horribly offensively bad. I just, it was all right. Now let's hear why you hated it so much. I wouldn't say that I hated the movie. I just was so disappointed with the blandness of it. And I felt yeah. like I felt like Emma Thompson's character was a ridiculous stereotype of a female in power being a bitch for no other reason than to be a bitch. I think that her her numbering of the writers, like she couldn't bother to learn their names but then she gives them a number but she can remember their numbers that was absurd <laughs> right like, like right. why don't you just learn their freaking names like that that, that would be right. easier than assigning them a number and so i thought i thought that that was really ridiculous i feel like the introduction of mindy kaling who i think is absolutely hilarious didn't pan out i don't think that she was that hilarious in this movie i think that she was kind of a a moral compass that was supposed to get Catherine back on shore and kind of succeeded, but not really. 
Um, I thought that the relationship of Catherine and her husband was utterly disturbing, where, you know, basically he knows she's not faithful and is kind of okay with it because he's sick and and, and so maybe that makes it okay, which none of this sank. None of this set well with me. It, it was all yeah. just a bad story to me. I, and and I think that I think that even making it a late night host was kind of a weird. It was kind of the, a weird premise. It was kind of a weird arc for this character. Like, what she could have been anybody in that same role, and maybe I would have been okay. Like, like the Devil Wears Prada. Maybe if she had been Meryl Streep as a a fashion icon in that industry, I could have gotten behind it a little bit better. And all of it kind of fell flat with me. Yeah. There, there, there was very little that I enjoyed about the movie, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. And, and, and I, I don't, I can't convince you otherwise. Cause there's not a ton that I loved either. I just didn't have as strong a negative reaction as you did. And I just think the big cardinal sin was it's about comedy and it wasn't funny and nobody was funny. And in fact, the movie, I think the the casting was a little bonkers as well because Hugh Dancy plays a character who's one of the writers and is therefore supposed to be funny. And we even see him doing stand up and he's not funny. Right. Right. And then you get Ike Barinholtz, who is hilarious but in this movie, he is not funny. Nope. Not once, not for a second. Then you get Emma Thompson, who I really do enjoy and think she's a great actress, but I don't think of her as being all that funny. funny right. And she's not given any funny material. And then you have Reed Scott, who's probably most famous right now for being on Veep for several seasons. And he ends up, he sort of starts at his, as the same character he plays on Veep, just sort of a caustic douche. But by the end... He's totally a nice guy and he's also supposed to be funny and just isn't. It just, I just didn't, the only person who seemed appropriately cast, actually the two that were appropriately cast were John Lithgow as the wise sort of sagely good guy. Yep. I believe him in that. And then Mindy Kaling as the bright eyed, wide eyed, you know, ingenue, new to this, who's going to stay upbeat. She was very much like the... You know, the character she played in The Office and the character from The Mindy Project sort of combined. So I, I thought those two were well cast. Everybody else seemed like it was an odd fit. But is Mindy Kaling, like, typecasting herself now, too? Like, I, I feel like this is the only role that now she's able to do is kind of the fish-out-of-water, cute, uh, you know, inexperienced but fun and quirky and smart. Yeah, I don't know what she does for her next trick. Yeah. I, like, when she reaches a certain age, it will be very difficult, I think, for her because she's only played the one thing this whole time. Right. Uh, so I agree. I think she sort of put herself, painted herself into a corner a little bit. What's up with that? What's up with that? What's up with that? What's up with that? What's up with Mindy's character, Molly, being a quality control officer and her first job on the show is to basically say everything she thinks that's wrong with the show and her her insights were eerily astute. Yeah. 
I actually wrote down she's a pretty good quality control officer. Right. She probably should have just she stuck doing this that. out quickly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I also loved and what's up with she she rattles off like six things that are wrong with the show, and they're things like you have no social media presence, you're not doing any bits, you know, you're not skewing young enough, right? And then Catherine blasts her for not having any ideas on how to fix it. And it's like, well, those problems all point out something you're not doing. Right. So the solution would probably be to just do them. That So I, I feel like I do. Do I need to draw you a f- app? Like, yeah, like it, <laughs> she just reams her out for like not coming to the idea. Like if you're going to point out a problem, come with a solution. It's like, I just did. How, how about do those things instead? Do those things. Yeah. Right, right, right. right. Uh, what's so up, what's with, up with that? What's up with Catherine's hair? Like, I, I think Emma Thompson is such a a wonderful actress and pretty woman, and her hair is hideous. It looks like Guy Fieri. It did look like Guy Fieri. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I wrote, what's up with what a national treasure John Lithgow is? Oh, God. He and Mindy Kaling have a great scene together, and I actually wrote, if I was Mindy Kaling and wrote this movie... I too would write a scene for me and John Lithgow. Yes, good for her. Is that where he's he's playing the piano for? Her? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, and they just got like a a four or five minute scene. A just touching a moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, it, he is a fantastic actor and a national treasure. God bless him. I love him. Yeah. Uh, what's up with Emma Thompson's character saying she doesn't do well at parties because she doesn't do small talk or like people? <laughs> It's like you're a talk show host. Those are the only two things you have to be good at. That's, that's, that's at least your skill outwardly. set. Yeah. At least pretending to be. She couldn't even pretend to be funny and civil. What is up with the whole lack of comedy throughout this movie, right? I, I think that we saw the six laugh out loud moments in the trailer. And that was it. And I didn't laugh yeah. much beyond that. Every There was a... You know, I saw a a TV spot for this where, you know, Peter Travers, God bless him, from Rolling Stone, you know, said, this is the comedic gem of the year. And so I was so excited going into it. And I really thought that there were six funny moments. And I saw them all in the trailer and I laughed hard in the trailer. And I laughed hard in the movie. And that was the only time I laughed. And I think that that was, (laughs) that was, it's just really. (laughs) It's a shame. It's perfect marketing. Let's not get. It's not marketing gone awry. It's perfect. They got marketing. my butt in the seat. Right. I paid for right. a ticket. I bought popcorn, and they yes. win. Yes, they win. Yeah. Uh, I have two more. What's up with uh, near the end? Emma Thompson's character has to walk up five flights of stairs, and it just nearly kills her. <laughs> she's. Like, is that an she, old joke? She looks or a in relatively joke? good shape. She like, looks like she's in good shape, and yeah. and her brownstone looked like it was three or four stories. So she's always going up those. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but suddenly, like, so I was like, is this like a poor joke? Are the stairs somehow steeper or something? Well, like, and she she does, like, bump into somebody in the stairs and is kind of, like, disgusted by the fact that she had to, like, interact with somebody else. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was absurd. And then my last is, what's up with the shocking lyrics of the song that plays over the closing credits? Did you stay for the closing credits? Nope. Okay. I did not. So the song is by I think Daya. Okay. And the 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 music starts, the you know, the credits roll, the music starts, and right away there's lyrics, and there is uh, I think an F bomb in the second line of the song, and then she says in the third line. My wife and I are like, Oh, it's kind of a neat song. Whoa! Like it just seems so over the top. It seemed like like at the end of sort of like 
you know, like Notting Hill, you just get Cypress Hill playing over the soundtrack. <laughs> it just was so. It just That's seemed really awesome. inappropriate That's... and really jarring. <laughs> okay. And like, who who came up with that pairing? It was you got to listen to it. It's really fun. I should have stuck around. That's hilarious. All right, we'll yeah. we'll put yeah. that into the uh, five questions segment in the post production. Oh, excellent. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, are you ready for five questions? Let's do it. All right, listeners submitted questions. Thanks, listeners, so much. Uh, question number one. Many of the um, descriptions you'll find of this film, the synopsis of the film, describe it as being about diversity and about how the inclusion of a woman or a minority changes this workforce. Do you think that's what this movie's really about? Not at all. Nope. Okay. That, that's... I, I can see why you would want to tag it that way. I don't okay. think that that landed in the slightest. I don't think so either. Right. Although we do see by the end of the movie in the little montage that the staff is now 45% women and 65% ethnically diverse. Oh, okay. No, so I, a bunch I of the white dudes did get fired and they brought on other people. Okay. All Question right. number two. In this film, Emma Thompson's character... Uh, attempts a stand-up set and fails miserably. And in her recovery, sort of, uh, she admits to being a 56-year-old woman in Hollywood. Emma Thompson is 60 years old. Why didn't they let her use her real age? Is is 60 that much worse than 56? No, absolutely not. I wonder if it's just because it was more believable to have a 56-year-old woman late night talk show host than a 60 like by that point you just assume the studio has gotten rid of her because she's irrelevant would we i I don't know how old was david letterman when he retired well he was a man so i think that's a i mean i think it's a i think this is a good question and i just was sort of blown away i I looked it up i actually fact checked she's 60 years old so i mean when they filmed it she was probably 58 or 59 but right yeah still that like, why not just let her be 58 then? Or 59? Yeah, like, why? Yeah. It just seemed like they, they, they had to shave a few years off her age <laughs> while making the point. Just, just utterly unnecessarily, yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, question number three. This film was um, acquired at the Sundance Film Festival by Amazon for a near record $13 million. Hold account. Okay. Was it worth it? No. Okay. Yeah. Well, here, here's the, the fourth question. This is the, the math, the box office math question for you. I was told this, there would be no math on this exam. <laughs> this film opened originally two weekends ago on four screens and had a very high per theater average of $61,000 per screen. Oh, okay. Admirable. Really good for a limited yeah. release. Yeah. The very next weekend, it was released wide on 2,220 screens and only made $2,300 per screen. Like, was it first opened in, like, Emma Thompson's hometown and Mindy Kaling's hometown? Like, that's, that's where they opened it, so everybody went? Well, the, the, this person's question is, would a, a more measured, slow, independent-type film rollout have benefited this movie and allowed it to gather more word of mouth? and maybe some additional critical and, and, and uh, audience buzz before just dumping it wide and letting it just utterly fail? It's a great question. I'm not in this industry, so I don't know. We're the movie outsiders. I feel like enough people know what they're doing that no, I, I really don't think that there was a better marketing strategy for this one that would have 
benefited it. And I really thought that the TV spots that I saw for it and the in-theater previews that I saw for it were hilarious. I was very excited about this movie and sadly disappointed. All right. Well, question number five. Uh, again, I referenced this earlier. This person wrote, this movie is essentially The Devil Wears Prada set in a late night comedy world. Are there other good movies that you'd like to see remade by simply recycling the plot and moving <laughs> it to a new setting? No, no, there's not. Like, no, there's not. We, we we talk about this all the time. We, we don't need to see the... We don't need to trod over all of the classics again. That would, that, that would no, no, absolutely not. Like You'd I, like to just see new original ideas. Yes, yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. So, okay. I mean, I guess I would admit I've gotten into Game of Thrones, which I would kind of liken to the West Wing in a, in, in a Middle Ages fantasy setting. Like, there's a lot of political intrigue and... And character conflict and things like that. So, boobs. I, <laughs> the West Wing was the, famous the, for all the boobs. The West, the West Wing, they, they missed out on that. Bradley yeah. Whitford's boobs were just <laughs> always just flopping around. <laughs> Remember when he was wearing those fish waders because he was waiting for Joey Lucas to come over and he'd like, been at a bachelor party. <laughs> Fantastic. God, God bless him. So. Uh, no, no, I, I, I cannot think of a, okay. a recycled area that I'd like to, to see or a transplant area that I'd like to see. Fair enough. Those yeah. are five questions. Thank great you, questions. listeners. Thank you, listeners. All right, so your last thoughts were not great. Yeah. I, not good. Great marketing. It, great marketing. I was just so bored by it. I mm-hmm. I was excited when the end credits rolled and I could leave. And it's not like, it's not like anything about it offended me or was awful it was just so not what i thought i was gonna get when i went in and that was frustrating let me ask you this um so again this movie is released by amazon studios don't you feel though that that's kind of the exact type of movie they're looking for to put on amazon prime that in six months this will be on prime and people will start watching it like on their phone or they'll put it on before yeah. bed yeah maybe and they'll be like Eh, it was but, okay. But Amazon... Like, it wasn't great, but it, it was free on Prime, and that's where they'll see it. But Amazon had picked up Manchester by the Sea, which mm-hmm. I think is one of the best movies I've seen in the last 10 or 20 years. It, that is not the kind of movie that I would expect people to just put on their phone. Like, I would never tell my mom to watch that movie, because I think it would just devastate her. So Destroy her? Yes. Yeah. This might be one that I'd say, Mom, you should watch Late Night. Yeah, that's yeah. all right. Yeah, fair so, enough. Yeah, that's all that. right. Well, now so this one's behind us. We'll move on. Next week we've got the already critically lauded and highly anticipated Toy Story Four. Heard of it? Thanks for listening to the Spoiler Alert podcast. Please visit us online at movieoutsiders.com, where you can see what films we'll be discussing next, comment on our recent episodes, suggest movies to review or topics to discuss, or submit questions for the five questions segment of the podcast. Stop by and visit our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash movieoutsiders, and be sure to follow us on Twitter at movieoutsiders. If you're a fan of the show, we'd really appreciate you leaving a review on iTunes, Overcast, Stitcher, or whatever podcast subscription service you use. We'll be back again next week with another episode, but until then, enjoy the movies.